the memoirs of the person who I think poisoned him. On the 25th, towards nightfall, the emperor, after having officially asked of the provisional government to free to America, could and went to sleep at Mamazon for the purpose of accomplishing this excursion. He had taken care to have the uniform of the Chasseurs of his guard exchanged for a brown coat and round hat. The people would not indeed have allowed him to pass had he set out in one of his own carriages or had they recognized him in that of another. It was during this short drive that countless causes asked and obtained permission to accompany the emperor to America. Thus, on the 28th of June, 1815, did the emperor Napoleon, disguised almost as a fugitive, quit that capital, which he was doomed never again to see, and to which his remains alone returned on the 15th of December in 1840, 26 years suffice to prepare the apotheosis and to make a god of the hero who among us, who at that time devoted ourselves to his prescribed exiled fortunes, could have thought that we should live to see the same men who pushed his carriage out of the Elysee accompany his triumphal bier to the invalids. Chapter 2. La Malmaison. The abdication being signed. All the officers of the imperial household resigned their places, with the exception of those among us whose devotion attached them to the misfortunes of the emperor, a decree, or rather a decision, determined as follows the functions which each of us would have to fulfill. General Bertrand, Grand Marshal, Generals Montelon, Savary, Gorgo, and Lalamon, aides de camp, two officers of the ordnance, Major Resigny and Captain Planard. The latter was attached to the topographic cabinet. Several poles, the Imperial Guard, obtained the honor of accompanying the Emperor's officers of his staff. I regret not being able to find out their names. They were not permitted to embark for St. Helena. Count Lascazes Chamberlain, Monsieur Emmanuel Lascazes Page, Monsieur Mugo, surgeon, Messieurs Marchand, head, valet de chambre, Messieurs Saint Denis and Novaras, valets de chambre, Cipriani, Major Domo, Pierron, Lutterer. I've forgotten the name of the master cook because at Rochefort he refused to embark and was replaced by Lesage, cook to King Joseph. On the 26th, I was on service at Malmaison when General Becker presented himself there early in the day, sent by the government to take the command of the guard and to watch, so said his orders, over the person of the emperor. The captivity of Napoleon dates from this day. For after it, he ceased to enjoy liberty of action. General Becker had received on the 25th of June, about two o'clock in the afternoon, and while he was sitting at the legislative palace, the following letter brought by an aide-de-camp in service of Prince Ecumel Davou, the Minister of War to General Becker, Paris, the 25th, June, 1815. General, I have the honor to announce to you that you have been appointed to the command of the Emperor's Guard. Stationary by decree the Commission of Government, dated from the 25th this month. I have informed Lieutenant General Count Joy, Chief of the Imperial Guard, and Lieutenant General Baron Terroir. Chief Staff Officer of your nomination, Baron Marshall, Counselor of State, and Secretary General. 
The aide de camp at the same time requested General Becker to go immediately to the minister to receive his instructions. The general obeyed and having reached the minister's cabinet, expressed to him his astonishment at being designed for a post which seemed to him incompatible with his duties in the chamber of representatives. I can make no change, says the prince, and the arrangements adopted by the government. It calculates on your patriotism and your devotion at this painful conjecture in which the great object is to protect the life of Napoleon. Here is the order which I have been commissioned to transmit to you. You learn from its contents the high opinion which the government entertains of your character. And we'll see what the emperor will say. The order was as follows. Paris, June 25th, 1815, 4 p.m. General, I have the honor to inform you that the government has appointed you to go and take the command of the emperor's guard at Malmaison. The honor of France demands a careful watch over the safety of his person and his strict observance of the respect which is due to him. The interest of the country imperatively requires that the malcontents should be prevented from availing themselves of his name in order to excite disturbances. Your well-known character, General, furnishes a guarantee both to the government and to the nation that you will accomplish this double object. Prince Agmuel, Marshal and Minister of War. General Becker had no sooner arrived at Malmaison and he was introduced to the emperor. His majesty was in his cabinet and eagerly inquired of the general the reason of his presence. Becker made his obeisance, presented him with the letter from the minister of war. Sire, said he, here is a letter which charges me in the name of the provisional government to take the command of your majesty's guard and which commands me to watch over your majesty's safety. I trust your majesty has every confidence in the fidelity with which I shall discharge this duty. Yes, replied the emperor, but it seems to me I ought to have been officially informed of an act which I consider as a measure of surveillance to which it was unnecessary to subject me. Sire, replied the general, I repeat to your majesty that it was with the sole view of protecting your life and watching of your safety that I have accepted this mission. Should your majesty have any further views, I entreat you to inform me of them. I am an old soldier and have hitherto always obeyed your voice. They may write to me what they will, but I have accepted the command of the emperor's guard merely to watch over his safety. In saying these words, the general was unable to subdue his emotion. The look, the presence of the exalted son of misfortune filled him with sorrow. And involuntary tears gushed into his eyes. The emperor perceived it and said to him with a smile, it was affable and sad. Be assured, general, I'm glad to see you about my person. Had I been permitted to select an officer, I would have fixed upon you because I have long known your noble character. Napoleon then invited General Becker to follow him into the park. They had scarcely passed beyond the vestibule when he said, Well, what is being done instead of Paris? Sire replied the general, parties entertain 
very different views with respect to your majesty's abdication and proclamation, which constitutes your son heir to the crown. A portion of the higher classes of society is inclined to receive the foreigners a second time, but the remnant of the army continues to be faithful and is collected under the walls of the capital, a great part of the citizens. And the whole of the people of Paris seemed determined to defend themselves. And if a powerful hand could rally all these elements and make a last effort, there is perhaps no reason to despair. Thus the very person whom the government had sent to treat the emperor as a prisoner advised him to resume the sword of Marengo and Austerlitz and to march boldly against the enemy. At Paris, the whole night of the 25th and 26th had been passed in movement in going and coming, and conjectures on the resolution which the emperor would adopt, or prophecies concerning those which events would suggest to him. The leaders could not believe this retreat without a struggle, this defeat without a combat possible. Their success appeared to them like a dream. They were frightened at the calm of Malmaison. We ourselves, witnesses of what in our devotedness we dared to call the apathy of the emperor, Hoped for the waking of a lion. Every piece of intelligence which arrived from the Loire and the army rekindled our hopes. The emperor expressed but one wish, that for the arrival of passports for which he was waiting in order to commence his journey. I totally didn't record that. Oh, well.